Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK show. I'm Gareth Ellis, uh, and I've got a big steaming pile of poo to go through this evening. Uh, but I have got some uh, ample assistance from my top-notch sanitation crew. On the uh, rubber gloves, Mr. Paul Hope. Good evening, everyone. With the big shovel, it's Naji Karar. Hello. And with the mop and bucket, it's Lee Gowland. Hello. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. So, Niners fall to... Uh, disappointing, imploding, uh, really quite a poor loss at home to the Arizona Cardinals, 31-17. I think the Cardinals let us off quite lightly by running the clock in the fourth quarter. Uh, If it had been 41-10, something like that, I don't think that would have necessarily reflected too too badly or unfairly on us. Um, So, probably a lot to unpack, um, a lot to rant about. So, I'm going to put on my tin helmet uh, hunker down and hand you over, I think, to Naji Kawar, who's probably got something to say about the game. Uh, I mean, you know, I thought I was going to have a nice, easy week off the podcast and you guys <laughs> asked me to come and talk about this. I mean, what what can we say? We were just horrible uh, everywhere on offense. Uh, our defense, worst game of the season by quite a margin. Um, I mean, when you put in perspective that we've lost um, the game to Colt McCoy and James Conner, uh, it's kind of hard to believe that, you know, we were at one point favorite to, you know, go to the Super Bowl this season. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's a lot to unpack. I, to me, the most thing, and I know you guys kind of disagree, uh, it's, it starts with Jimmy. I, I genuinely think he's now losing his game. And I know it doesn't look like it. And I can't. I'm actually gonna wait. Watch the Dior 22, because I, it's just this feeling that he's putting shackles on everything that's happening. And yeah, the fumble clearly changed the momentum of the game. Uh, I'm gonna pass on the one or two kettle because his first game back, and he might, you know, it's that kind of thing that you get good at by playing football. It's the thing that you forget to do if you don't. Four weeks. Um, the one to Ayuk is the ball is so high it has to kind of like fall down and then you know if the ball is on the money and he keeps running that fumble doesn't happen. Um, you know by, by having to stand up again he allows the defender to get back from behind and punch the ball out. Um, and then it's just like you know the penalties to Norman and then the penalty to Armstead on the roughing the passer which I think was a bit BS, but at this point, like, who cares? It wouldn't have changed the game anyway. Um, it's just, we just, every time we're home, we just turn into the Detroit Lions, and I don't really understand what's going on and why. Um, I am expecting a lot of changes, and I think the Bears game was kind of a, because I haven't had a chance to talk about that, but I had this sinking feeling that we went actually good and we got lucky a little bit and we played all right and that seemed to be enough to beat them and i think he hit some of the flaws that we had and it i think maybe we should have lost that game against the bears and something good might have happened out of it i.e personal change um but yeah to me it starts there i think we need to cut people that drag us down uh we need to bench jimmy and start trey um and and we need to start moving forward because the the only good thing that comes out of this is, you know, the Rams lost and the Saints lost and the Vikings lost again. So there's still a spot to be had in the NFC. If we can come in some kind of run and win some games and finish roughly around 500, hopefully one game above, we could potentially make the playoffs. And I think that would be, at this moment in time, quite an achievement. Uh, Lee, what do you think? Well, first of all, I'd like to say well done on the introduction, Gareth. I thought that was absolutely spot on. I think it captures the mood of the fan base. And I'd just like to um, concentrate on that a little bit more before I go into a diatribe, which is inevitable after last night's display. So last night's display, I don't think it's just a case of we were so bad. 
because it was painful to watch. It got to the point, and we, and we discussed this prior to coming on the show, got to the point where you kind of give up being annoyed about it because it was that ridiculously bad. But I think this has been a game that has been two years in the making. And what I mean by that is it's not just the fact that we played badly. It's the fact that our expectations are now on a new level to how we should be playing. And quite rightly, we, we should expect to be challenging for the playoffs. We should expect to be playing each different team closely. Last night was definitely not close. In fact, the score flattered us, not the Cardinals. It could have been a much bigger score. Yeah. And I, I think, and I hope it's, I hope we aren't part of this, but there's been a lot of bravado from the fan base. There has been a lot of bravado on this show. Um, <laughs> two seasons ago, the bold predictions, which are mostly tongue-in-cheek, but we do it for the shock factor. But the, the certain things are said, and we, we'll go back to... Um, some of the bold predictions and some of the stuff we've said about them, the likes of uh, let's get the brasso out. And what what that game really makes you realise last night is even a huge tin of brasso cannot polish that turd <laughs> because that was utterly terrible that we watched last night. Defence stunk the place out. I, I didn't think the offence were that bad. I didn't honestly think they were that bad. I, I think we were unlucky with the turnovers. Um, I'm not going to give Kittle a pass. He's a professional athlete. He knows how to uh, take care of the ball, so I'm not going to give him a pass. But it was just one of them things that doesn't normally happen to Kittle. Um, Ayuk, yes, the pass was high, but he got the pass and he was on the ground and he decided to get him run with it. So the pass didn't cause the fumble either. So again, I'm not going to give Ayuk the, um, the pass on that. Um, he should have done better with his ball security there. McGlinchey, a lot of people have made a fact that he's been rubbish the last couple of years, and he has. This year he hasn't. This year he's played well. As he's gone out um, after last night's game, he's actually ranked 16th out of 49 tackles in pass protection. So he's improved significantly. And I think that showed last night once Tom Compton came in because that was an absolute abortion, watching Tom Compton play at right tackle. That that was... I, I really fear for Trey Lance, if Trey Lance was to come in on Sunday against the Rams with Tom Compton right guard. I would rather play Jimmy, because to be honest, I don't think Jimmy played badly last night. I thought he played well other than the last drive, and actually activate Nate Sudfeld off the practice squad, <laughs> because if Jimmy gets hurt, I'd rather stick Nate in to go up against Aaron Donald and Von Miller rather than risk Trey Lance because I've just got this fear that the way Shanahan wants to play Trey Lance, which he showed us in the, the corresponding game down in Arizona, he wants him to run all the time. He's going to make him into Lamar Jackson and to me it's the worst thing he can do. What he's got with Trey Lance is somebody who can move, somebody who can extend players and he should be a pocket passer, first of all. He should only be using his legs to actually scramble away from trouble or extend players and give his receivers time. It shouldn't be every other or every three players shouldn't be a running player designed for the quarterback and then one pass player because that's quickly going to get him injured and we don't want that. So uh, there's a lot of concern there about what went on last night. The defence looked absolutely shocking. Um, Demeco Ryans, yes, he's a rookie defensive coordinator, but it was just a shambles. There was no leadership. There was no leadership in the defence. It's okay having having Fred Warner in there as your leader, but you need more than one leader because your position groups are spread out so much. You need other leaders. And as I said in our podcast discussion group, I thought we missed Tart. I thought we missed Ward, not because of the skill sets as safeties, but because of the leadership that they give on the team that keeps everybody together and their experience of identifying players and pulling all that together. That's why I think we missed Ward and Tart. Not so much the stellar player at safety, because I don't particularly think they are stellar safeties. Um, I think Tart is excellent in the run game as a safety. He can identify the run, come up, and he can help stuff that run. And I thought we missed that last night. Um, and you can tell by the amount of yards that Connor got. Tavon Wilson, I actually thought he did pretty well. There was one or two players where he got burned, but other than that, I thought he did pretty well. But 
when you looked at Huff and when you looked at uh, Wilson, there didn't seem to be any sort of communication, any sort of leadership going on there. I think potentially everybody was looking around at Fred Warner, who, who was 10, 15 yards up the field. And it, it just doesn't work with only one leader on the field. You definitely need more than one leader. And I think that's where what we missed on defence last night. On offence, you've got Jimmy there, you've got George Kittle there, you've got Trent Williams there. You've got three good leaders on offence. And I think that's the difference. But, yeah, I mean, what what, what can we say about last night? It, it was annoying. Um, we, we're now at the part where we, we are well into the tenure of Shanahan and Lynch where they said we would be competitive every season and I was quite vocal for the first three seasons when we were playing badly and I, I always turned around and said well listen to what they said when they came on board it would take at least three seasons but after that they expect us to be in the playoffs every season at the moment it doesn't look like that way but what I will say is teams have gone on to win the uh, Super Bowl with six <laughs> losses in the regular season nothing's impossible any given Sunday Let's go on. Yeah, the, I, I think yeah, for, for sure. The problem is the the trend we're going to. We don't seem to be getting better. I don't know what you think, Paul, but that's that to me. That's the biggest problem is we've identified the flaws we had. You know, everything we done bad yesterday, we identified this against you know Cardinals in the first game. Um, so it, the question is, why why are we getting better? And that that's I think to me that's the biggest biggest problem. Yeah, like you said, Nadji, uh, Monday mornings in the NFL, when you lose, the sky is falling, but it feels worse today. Like, we, we were all a bit bravado like you said. No Kyler Murray, no JJ Watt, no DeAndre Hopkins. I went into the game very bullish. I think you hit the nail on the head, Lee. Um, there's been a lot of talk in the group about our bold predictions. Um, <laughs> we've got a couple of new followers who are not 49ers fans, but I've been tweeting out about the show They've been listening in, and I was getting a bit of grief last night, and I had to remind them we're a fan base show. We're fans first and foremost, and it's tongue-in-cheek, like you said, Lee. We come on every week more in hope than expectation (laughs) over the last few weeks that we're going to win. And yeah, I was guilty as the next man. Last weekend, we beat the Bears. I thought we were all back in it. I mean, to agree with Lee, unfortunately for you, Nadji, I don't think we lost the game last night because of Jimmy. That said... I do think you've said it before, Nadji. Jimmy's Jimmy. He, there's no surprise. Some of his passes last night were not great, but we didn't lose that game last night. But for me, it was an embarrassing loss. You know, sat up at one o'clock in the morning in the UK, flicking through 49ers Twitter, and I couldn't switch off. Normally, I just dust it off and go to bed. And I was sat there last night thinking, this is a shambles. Like you've said earlier, Kyle Shanahan, where do we go now? We've been very supportive on this show of the regime, and we haven't been calling to fire Shanahan, but obviously that talk's getting louder and louder. I mean, Colt McCoy, he looked like Blum and Tom Brady at parts last night. James Connor could just run all over us. I just, I'm feeling despondent today. However, I do like Lee's little ray of positivity there about the Super Bowl. I'm clinging on to that leg that it isn't quite over yet. What about you, Gareth? How do you think we're doing so far in our weekly therapy session for the group? Yeah, I mean, we've we've covered a few good points there. I think it's it's a, a one at the same time. It's quite obvious where our problems are, but it seems w- what is the what is the root cause? Shanahan and Lynch have have had this time to build this team, and when you're building that team and, and get to a Super Bowl, it, it is a struggle to to kind of keep that level going. But it it just seems the roster is not what was presented to us perhaps at the beginning of the season we we were told we were going to have this dominant d-line and it's you know we get get a bit of pressure on Colt McCoy but but not enough um we we came into the season with Ambry Thomas and Diomador Lenore as the two backup cornerbacks and they're clearly if if they're not good enough to suit up for any games then how on earth do you start the season relying on these guys to be your backups. If, you know, still week nine in, you these guys can't get a game. That you have to go to the street and pick up Josh Norman and Dre Kirkpatrick. There, there's something fundamentally 
wrong there about the way our roster was set up at the, at the beginning of the season. If you're not going to have those guys as the backups and you're going to scrabble around for whoever's whatever vet, veterans are left who are, who are happy to play for you, then then it's no wonder that in a past happy league, we're we're getting cut apart by a guy like Colt McCoy, um, who who was just able to move the ball pretty effortlessly and seemingly uh, at will. Some some bright sparks, I guess, on the offense. Great to see Kittle back, making a few good good catches. Uh, I, I did think Jimmy didn't have too bad a game. I do think Ayuk's obviously getting there. But some of these other guys, these other supporting casts like Trent Sherfield and, and Joanne Jennings and, and others, Ross Dwelly, we just don't seem to see them. Uh, every other team in the league is is relying on on their sort of second choice guys to come up with a with a catch here and there or a play here and there, uh, and they they keep the team rolling. We we seem to be overly reliant on a handful of stars, and then a lot of a very little being offered. Um, by a lot of the rest of the team, and I think Lee, Lee covered covered it nicely when he said leadership. Uh, there, there's been a lot of talk about how we've lost Joe Staley, DeForest Buckner, and Richard Sherman since the Super Bowl, um, and you saw it last night. There just didn't seem to be a lot of the players that kind of they didn't seem that bothered by how badly we were doing. They didn't seem to come into the game kind of you know, fired up. They didn't seem to be too angry at what was going on. Maybe Josh Norman aside, but that's not necessarily a good thing. But where's where's the kind of identity of the team? Where's the where's the kind of the the passion, the 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 defense saying we can't allow divisional rivals to just come into our stadium uh, and have their way with us in the way that we do. I'm I'm not sure where all those those problems come from. We know that Shanahan is effectively the head coach of the offense. Uh, again, more disappointing things from Shanahan, where he says things like, "Oh, I didn't see what's happening on defense," or "You know, I'm not, I wasn't. Uh, it wasn't my call that Josh Norman set out the game. He's the head coach. It should be his call." Uh, what's he doing when the when the defense is on the field? He seems to have all sort of divorced himself of that and. Is he sitting in with the defense at meetings? Where, where's where's that leadership coming from uh, at the at the top end? We know D'Amico is a, a first time uh, defensive coordinator, and I don't want to sort of hang him out to dry too much. But credit to Arizona, I think they they completely outschemed us. Without your top quarterback, without your top offensive weapons, Cliff Kingsby just came in and said, OK, we keep a simple game plan. We do this. We check down passes when pressure comes. Court McCoy always had a quick, simple pass uh, running back or, or wide receiver was able to just catch, turn and run. And they just moved the ball. And we didn't seem to have any kind of, of answer uh, to a lot of the things that, that Arizona did. And it was pretty much a walk in the park for them. They switched off by the end of the the, the uh, third quarter and just ran the clock. So I I just don't know where we go from here because I think what we know about the way the organisation is set up, Shanahan seems, you can say it's stubborn, you can also say he's very sort of strong in his convictions. I don't know that there's other people in the building who are who are necessarily going to have that overview to look at where things are going wrong because it's not just a few individual plays. It's not just a, a fumble here and there. It's not just a, a missed tackle here and there. There's there's something in the core of the team, which we seem to have lost since 2019. Uh, and you look around the other teams in the league who are doing well, they're, you know, they're, they're solid teams. We just seem sort of flimsy and, and about to crumble at any sort of moment. Uh, so I don't really know what more to add. Add on that. Would would anyone else like to to chip in with something else? Or no, I want to felt- go. I want to go back to a couple of things. I think that I agree with, and I want to explain myself about why I think Jimmy's <laughs> oh, had a good game. Um, because no, statistically and performance wise, I agree it wasn't horrible. It wasn't bad. But the problem is, um, and and we can go back to your second point with which is the D-line uh, and the Michael Ryans in a bit. But <clears throat> to me, why I'm so harsh when I say Jimmy's lost us the game is because <clears throat> this year, defenses have figured out that if they can stop us running the ball, 
effectively, which is what we were doing in 2019, um, and pull it all on his shoulder, he's not going to win the game. And 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 to you, you know, it, basically the game is on his shoulder to just pick the defense apart. I've seen during that game yesterday, and as I said, I'm going to go back and watch the All-22 because I want to see what he's... Uh, or not see, as a matter of fact. He's had multiple times where we were still within reach of getting back momentum and potentially push to get back, uh, you know, and make this a game and, and maybe steal it in the end if, you know, Colt McCall gets fr- flustered or something. Um, where he has a ton of time in a pocket and he's moving about and he can't find anybody open. And I do not believe for a second that nobody is open. Um, as I said, I will go and check. But, the, you know, the, the touchdown to Ayuk, the ball is a horrible placement and Ayuk has to fight two defenders to catch it. The ball to Kittle is, could have been easily intercepted. It's a, an amazing catch by Kittle, really hard to do on the sideline. Um, you know, he's thrown a couple of hospital balls, uh, again, which this time didn't get anybody injured. Um, and then he's missed, I don't know how many throws, five, six wide open people in the middle. And he just sails them or airmails them to the sideline or something. And the, and I'd say he's lost us the game because he's not able to put the team on his shoulder and just go and pick the defense apart and take what they give, them, uh, give him and then win the game just by himself. He just cannot do it. And for that reason alone, I just don't want to see him play anymore. I want somebody that can, you know, like Colt McCoy, come in with the game plan, whatever it was, and just execute it. Uh, if you can't do that at the NFL level, you know, there is only 32 starting quarterback in the world. It's probably one of the rarest jobs you can do on the planet. If you're not good enough, you shouldn't be here. You need to go. And I think Jimmy's proving time and time and time again that if everything goes right around him and the defense gives him the ball in the 20s and gets a pick and the turnover margin is in our favor, then we can win a game. But if all of this doesn't happen, and I think that's also the reason why we lost the Super Bowl, is because he cannot, by himself, win a game. Um, and, you know, yes, oh, we won the Saints game because he had an amazing game. But we won the Saints game because George Carroll is in freaking monsters. And he got us as fourth down play with three guys on his back to get, what was, 45 yards for us to get the field goal. Otherwise, we do not win that game. Um, so this is why I'm getting super harsh by Jimmy. It's because, yeah, he's going to f- complete a couple of pretty, pretty passes and he's going to run for a touchdown against the bear defense that doesn't have any players left because all of their biggest players gone. And then it, it's just, it's like, it's not bad enough that you go, right, go away, but it's not good enough for us to win games. And, and I think his whole tenure just shows it now. Um, and we need to move on. And I agree that it's not ideal time uh, with losing Mark Gilinchy to put whoever in the center against Aaron Donald next week. But um, I I just, I'm done with Jimmy. I, it's, it's, we've hit the ceiling and, and we just keep banging our head on it and it's just we're not going anywhere. It needs to go. Um, that's where I come from. Um, and, and I'm not going to come back down on this. Do you think I, we... <laughs> We seem to abandon the run game again too early. It seems like we only have one running back, and obviously Mitchell was a was a bit banged up. So maybe I can understand yeah. why you keep him with with sort of nine or but ten it, carries. But he, that, he you always, can't run the ball if if people are stuck in stuck in the box with eight or nine, you know, eight in general, and 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 they know what's coming. It's impossible to run the ball effectively. You have to, you know, you have to be able to pass to run, and you have to be able to run to pass. It's, that's that's why running the ball and passing the ball exist in this league. Otherwise, people would just drop back a hundred times and and just do that because it's so much more effective. Um, and I think, as I said it again, I think Mitchell is a very good back, and he's sure he's had a decent game again. I think he had really a couple of really good runs, um, but he needs somebody that can change the pace and be more of a power back that can just take it to the D-line and then impose our will on them. Um, and then and then it should open up on the back end. But yeah, I think I think that's the, that's the problem. I don't think we're giving up on it. I think we just don't have a choice because people are daring us to pass and we can't do it. 
I think what we meant, Nadji, is last night we, the game wasn't won or lost by Jimmy. For me, it was a strange. I felt like we lost as a team last night. You said it just before we started. No special teams. The defense. Yeah. The amount of missed tackles. Um, the Cardinals. No, I, I know. I know. Game, I know. I'm you know, just I, saying. All it, all it, all it would take for us to win that game yesterday is to Jimmy to have, no. An amazing game like Pat Mahomes can do, or well, not this year, but you know, or Justin Herbert can put together, or Lama Jackson can put together. Just have a good game. Go, you know, uh, I don't know, like 30 for 38 and 400 yards and three touchdowns. Oh, do that and we win that game. And he, he goes for barely above 50% again for 200 yards again. And and a pick, which, you know, kill. Uh, I mean, that pick was just like, I don't even care anymore. I'm just going to throw and see what happens. So as, that's what I mean. It's like he's not doing. Oh, no, I, un- I understand. I understand where you're coming from. And I, and I feel your frustration. Like like we've said many a times on this show, I think all of you will back me up. Mistake-free football. I mean, look, we lost a turnover battle again. It, it, like you said, the other team executed better. The Cardinals rocked up last night. Like Gareth said, McCoy, I think he had one deep ball. I think Kirk's throw was probably one of the best throws of the night. It was mistake-free football. Um, our defence, it was so predictable. We were going to send the pressure. Get outside of our front four. I mean, for me, the elephant in the room, Josh Norman. Well, where do you stand on that, Nadji? Because I've been really looking oh, forward I'd, to your thoughts on I'd, Mr I'd, Norman. I mean, I said I would cut him last week. I definitely, I don't think... I don't think he should be on the team anymore. I think everybody agrees on that point, though. Yeah. What was it? Third, third and eighteen, and you and you give them a first down. Are you? Hundred percent. I think I was confused at first because when you watch it, the flag came on Clingsbury first, and then the flag comes on Norman because he's on the field. That penalty hurts us because they're going to enforce that first, and you're supposed to be a veteran. I mean, he's not the Josh Norman of five years ago. But the thing that sent me over the edge with it is when he was pushing Wilson away. Lee said at the start, Wilson was one of the better players last night. And I was just so glad that they removed him off the team last night. I thought, no, I don't, don't want to see that. I can handle getting beat if everyone's pulling together and they're playing well as a team. But for me, no, I, I don't want to see him play for the 49ers anymore, personally. Maybe an overreaction, some may say, but I'm done with no, him. No, put I, put I, Lenar I, in for me. Oh, 100%. But we've been calling his name for you for weeks now. But that, I mean, that's that comes back to maybe this is the sort of time in the season you would look at your your rookie class and and start to judge the picks that were made. I mean, how how, how bad are Lenore and Thomas that they can't seem to get a game above Kirkpatrick and um, Josh Norman? I think they were looking, Gareth, when they, they looked at this draft class, possibly with a bit of arrogance. They thought we were going to run it back like 2019. And they thought we're being too clever. We we're going to bring these players in for next season. But we all know the NFL is a play now league. And like we said, what's happened? This draft class could go down in infamy if we don't get anything from it. Um, and look at the need. I mean, McGlinchey's out for the season now. I Means Banks gonna suit up. You know, last night I think Thomas played a couple of snaps on special teams. I would agree with Lee. I don't want to see Trey Lance on Monday Night Football against the Rams. I know we'll talk about that in the other show, but for me, I'd stick with Jimmy. And like Lee said, bring Nate in because I don't think you need to throw Trey into that at the moment. But I think they had one eye on next year and they took the eye off the ball. You were saying before, Gareth, about um, Shanahan. If you look at the other teams around you in the league, like look at the Rams. McVeigh came in and he had, was it Wade with the offensive coordinator first? Now he's got Les Snead in there, who seems to be doing a decent job as GM. We've said it before. Lee has said it many times. Why has Kyle not got that more experienced person in with him? You know, look at this show. Look at us four. We all bounce off each other. We all bring our ideas to the table. At the moment, my worry is Shanahan is the king. He has the keys to the castle, and it's his word. And it isn't working. Surely it takes a better man to say, I need a bit of hand here. Like you said, Gareth, is he the head coach, or is he just the offensive coordinator? Does he not even get interested with the defensive side of the ball? That's that's the frustration because, like Lee said at the start, we all came into it all bold. You know, I love the 49er fan base. We are very, we're going to win the Super Bowl every year because that's the mentality that we have. But we said it a couple of weeks ago for people listening. Our expectations now, mine are on the floor. I come into it week by week. And I just want to see a team play decent football. I mean, that last night... <laughs> Just log on 49ers Twitter. You just need to see what the, the thought process behind it. 
You're yeah. very quiet tonight, Lee. So, so I was just, I was just about to say. To be fair, I think Carl Shanahan saw that game exactly the same way as all the fan base did, because if you'd yeah. seen his face during the um, the third quarter, he looked a completely broken man. He did. Mm, he, did. He, he looked completely fed up, broken, and out of his depth. He just didn't know what to do to turn this game around. He did. He, he just looked completely out of his depth, and that worries me. It's not a good look. Your head coach should look as though he's got confidence all the way through the game. Even if he's bawling and shouting at people and calling people out on the sideline, he should look as though he's got the confidence that he can turn this game around. And he just didn't. There was nothing there. It was it, He was dead inside on that sideline. And you've got to wonder, has something finally snapped with him? You've got to look at the Cardinals. Look, look at last year. We all laughed at Kingsbury. He made the mess up on the timeout, which gave us the ball back. People were saying he's not going to survive in this league. They can only go off what we see, because I tend to watch more 49er football. He coached a great game last night. Even that one with Norman, it showed that cleverness to lure the penalty and it kept the drive going. Like you said, Lee, Shanahan just seemed to switch off, which was a bit scary. The only thing he seemed to do was when he threw the challenge flag, that throw was pretty decent, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, hit the centre of the field. <laughs> yeah, the, the only decent thing he did all day. He had a few questionable decisions um, when the game was already getting out of hand and we decided to punt it. Um, yes. I, I yeah. thought we should have been going for it. Yeah. And I'll go back to what I said four weeks ago in the first Cardinals review game, um, the now infamous rant. And mm. I don't think he's a head coach. I just don't. He doesn't give us any confidence that he's a head coach. He's an offensive coordinator. That's what he is. And the fact that he doesn't know what's going on with his defence or why Josh Norman was taking out the game, that there says to me he's got no control. So he's not leading. He's not a leader. And that's the worst thing possible. So people are saying things must change. I agree. I don't think they'll change in season. Um, but you really have to listen to what Kyle says after these games and decide whether or not he has got a grip of that team, whether or not he is leading that team, or he's just concentrating on being a, an offensive coordinator, but getting paid like a head coach. And if that's the case, get rid of him. What's worrying, to, to agree with Adji, sorry Gareth, to, like, we've set the bar so low with Jimmy now, that we've come on tonight, and me and Lee have said, oh, he's not the reason we lost. But, like you said, Nadji, we want that next level. Now, what's surprising, Jimmy knows he's not Kyle's man. We've shopped around every off-season, we finally get Trey Lance, and now there's this stubbornness not to go all in. This is if Kyle's gone back to Jimmy, and I, I can't get my head around that at the moment. Like you said, they're easy offensive coordinator. Was Trey not his man? Was he Lynch's man? Is there a bit of like... No, I, th I think Trey's definitely his man, but I think he's just taking his time. He doesn't want to rush him. I mean, we, we all saw what happened with Alex Smith. Alex Smith came in, I think it was after the fifth or sixth game, he, he took over as starter. And it didn't it didn't uh, turn out very well for him. Obviously, over his first seven seasons, he had seven different uh, offensive coordinators. That's never going to be easy. But you, you should, in my mind, you shouldn't throw rookie quarterbacks in straight away. You should give them time to develop. Sometimes that doesn't work. Did you watch the Green Bay Packers game? Jordan Love <laughs> looked absolutely terrible. <laughs> so sometimes that doesn't work. But we all knew, we all knew as soon as we picked Trey Lance, that Trey Lance was a development quarterback. He had a really high ceiling, but he was rough around the edges. My, my concern with Trey Lance is when we did the whole analysis of each different quarterback that was in the draft, when I watched the, the snaps from Trey Lance's college career, that, that YouTube video, three and a half hours long, showing every single snap, his, his accuracy wasn't great. I would say it was on par with Jimmy Garoppolo, if not a little bit worse. And that really concerns me, that. Because we now all call him for Trey Lance. You stick Trey Lance in and he has the same accuracy issues as what Jimmy Garoppolo does, he's going to get killed. He's going to get oh, killed no, by he... the fan base. I agree with you, Lee. I wouldn't put him in now. I was just meaning like there's this stubbornness, like you said, after the yeah. game last night. He, he said, I'm, I'm going with Jimmy. I, I agree with you. I don't think we should be putting training at the minute. Not at all. Like you said, we, the Arizona game, the first one showed that he's just going to go run heavy and we don't want a Lamar Jackson. I don't think any of us want that. No. Well, so, you say that, but look what Lamar Jackson's doing right now. You know, he's probably one of, he's probably the best quarterback in the league. And, you know, 
he, he's evolved. He was a running play, and now he's learning to to win from the pocket. I think I don't know. I just we can't keep doing what we're doing. That's that's the bottom line. Um, but there's the other thing I wanted to talk about. I think it's is the Michael Ryan's, um, and I'm glad you guys don't disagree with me on the Jimmy thing. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I think the Demico Ryan thing is... Um, sorry, <laughs> so how's that, Gareth? Let's go back, you know, f- four years ago when Saleh... Uh, I can't remember what years it was. It was 2017, 2018? We yeah, 2018. Yeah, yeah, we were terrible on defense and everybody was calling for Saleh's head. I'm pretty sure we even called for Saleh's head on this podcast numerous times. And, it, it, you know... Instoring your defense, and especially when you're you know, missing two safeties that know the system, I think missing Dre and Kinlo is actually quite bigger than people might realize. Because I think Al Shahir really had a bad game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, that missed tackle having, on was. Oh, it's just missed tackles. I just I don't understand. You're a professional. How can you miss a tackle? Um, and, you know. Having a poor, poor corner, I think Eman, had, I think he's had one good game this year, maybe. Nowhere near the level we saw him play. And, you know, I, I don't think it's all necessary on Demeco Ryan's. I think the fact that also Bosso isn't as dominant as it should be, uh, as we expect him to be. And then there's the old Armstead thing where we think he should be better than he is. And, you know, DJ to, Jones to, to isn't fair, as good as well. To, to be fair, I thought Armstead had a hell of a game last night. Yeah, he did, he did. It's just, you know, on, on a consistent level, like game after game. Well, so they have moved him inside. Sack, right? Yeah, so, so, so sacks, the ha- yeah, technically it should have been two sacks. That was a soft yeah, uh, penalty. Yeah, yeah, they moved him inside last night and they swapped him over with the Puka. And I, I think, yeah. hopefully, that's where Armstead's going to play for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think so. I because think I, I thought that gave us a lot more pressure. Yeah, I agree. It's better side, but it, see what it did to our running game. You know, I think you know, Fred can't be everywhere, and I think Fred is taking the brunt of playing in the middle of a bad defense right now because I think he's still very good, but it just doesn't show. Um, but I just, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't really have a problem with Demeco's Ryan defense. I like what he's doing. The, you know, the 46 yard to Connor. Is is double blitzing left and they throw the screen to the right. It's just a perfect play into the perfect defense. And sometimes it just happens. And if Emmanuel Mosley and Australia just can make a tackle, that play doesn't go anywhere. And it's just sometimes you just lose on defense. No matter what you do, the offense got the perfect play for the defense you just called, and you get burned. It just happens. No, I agree. So, with, I agree I'm, with you. I'm not blaming Demarco. I, I don't know how Lee and Gareth are feeling. I, I'm totally agreeing with what you're saying, Najee. I just, you know, it, it's as, and I said it again. I, I've played on defenses where our offense were terrible, and we knew they weren't. They were going to go, <clears throat> you know, go in free and out. At you know, at best, um, it's <laughs> just you know, it takes a toll when it's the third quarter and you've had you've had to go in and you've stopped people so many times or you know and you've folded and you you know the game's going away and your offense is not going to do anything because that's you know we haven't scored 20 points we've scored 20 points more what in two games against two really bad teams so like the defense isn't you know the players aren't stupid they're stepping on their field going right well i mean this is our appeal guys we we're gonna do what we can do here but I mean, our offense is not going to score points anyway. So, you know, what, what else can we do? Like, we can't win the games by ourselves. So, I just, I think our defense will be all right when we get rid of, you know, Kirkpatrick and Norman. Pull Demo in. Just put Thomas in. And if they get burnt, they get burnt. It just, it's not going to be worse than it is now anyway, is it? I mean, you can't blame Ryan for the missed tackles and the mistakes. Oh, I, I think the criticism of him last night, Nadji, was our overall play on defence was predictable. But you said, you're right there, Salah took a while to get into his groove before he made the adjustments. Gareth's just said it before, Shanahan isn't exactly lean in a hand, is he? Shanahan's not gone over and said, okay. do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And that should come in time. What, what do you think of DeMarco, Gareth? What's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think... Yes, yeah, so it's it's thinking back to how Salah had his his struggles. I think it is. It was good in the off season. I thought 
we're we're promoting our coaches from within. We we've built this sort of structure, or Shanahan and, and Lynch have built this sort of structure where we can, or ideally, we we could not be too badly affected by um, the inevitable loss of coaches where they go other places. And I think we lost. I read somewhere like we lost about, or or at least changed about ten coaching positions. Obviously, Salah went, and Salah. Uh, took an offensive guy with him, and you, you just wonder if may, maybe the, some of the dynamic has changed. Maybe uh, Shanahan has lost maybe a couple of the voices that he did listen to. I, I imagine Salah would have not held back from actually saying it how it is to uh, to Shanahan, and maybe that's something that you know D'Amico hasn't necessarily got. Um, you know, got comfortable with the changes of all of those dynamics because there, there does seem to be some something there which it's, it's unusual for a load of players to to have bad games. Sometimes it, it seems to be it's the way they're prepared or the or the way they're set up, um, and it, you you inevitably look back at, at coaching. Um, so I don't want to sort of pick on on D'Amico. Uh, as an individual but I think maybe as the organization as a whole because we've we've had that turnover perhaps there has been a, a greater effect um, and, and while the promotion from within is good I think you know they're all Shanahan's guys Shanahan's got all the people and he's employed them all and he, he sort of picked them as to work up through position group coaches in, into into more senior positions um, and there isn't anybody who's got that, uh, you know, 20 years experience in the in the NFL as a sort of head coach and coordinator that Shanahan can can call on for a little bit of extra advice. Now, he's obviously got a family. But yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's, he's he's been out of the game for for a while. And maybe again, that's a that's a different dynamic. Um, and I th- my concern is I think Shanahan likes it that way in that. He wants to be the top dog and not actually have somebody come in with potentially more experience and, and uh, you know, different ideas. I, I, I don't know. We, I mean, it's all it's all speculation, but we, we just seem to be a shadow of the team. We were even last year, even with all the injuries we we fought last year. People had to fight to get every yard. Um, even with you know with Nick Mullins and, and a decimated defense with, with Salah in charge of that defense all the way to the last game we fought and fought and fought and I'm concerned about this season if it goes the way it at the moment it looks like it could go what's going to happen when we get to the last sort of four or five games of the season and we've got a load of guys on one-year contracts who are like you know this team's not committed to me I'm probably going to be out the door I'm, I'm not going to break my ACL in week 15, week 16. Um, uh, that's a good point, you know, because... We, we can think... see it turn bad, bad towards the end. And we didn't see that last year, even when it, the season yeah. was beyond us. And we just don't seem to have that that metal in us. That, that I think that's, us, that's a great point, because... Uh, we, you know, you instilled the defense... Yeah, we, we promised all this guy that we signed back, and, you know, Tart and Williams and the red and, and all this one-year contract. It's like, stay here. This is a promised land. We're absolutely going to go to the Super Bowl and it's going to be easy and, you know, it's going to be 2019 all over again. And it's just one-year contract. I think you're right. These guys realize now that, especially now that we're in the hole and we're, you know, last in the FC West, uh, it's, it's not going to be that easy. And, yeah, how much commitment are you, do you actually have to the team now that things aren't going well. You know, it's all well and good when you're winning games to be happy. It's very easy to look at what doesn't work. But obviously, as soon as you start losing games, especially the way we lose them right now, all all the glaring needs, all the everything that usually is bad just flares up even more than it should. And I think you're right. I think maybe, you know, some of these players just not as checked in as as they would be if they had a longer contract and or if there was any sense of direction. And I think also, you know, that's that's one of the things when you see the the entire rookie class, it's not it's not even like they're on the bench. They're not even active. They're in the stands in suits. You know, what does that tell you for the you know the future of the team and and why should you care to be here and play for the team if if people you know if the coaches don't really 
have a clue what's going on anyway. If your head coach doesn't have a clue what's going on during the game, why should you make an effort as a player to, you know, give 100% of your time and, and body, as you said, you know, these, these guys get paid, you know, a lot of money to put their body in very, very dangerous position. And it's just like, I think we're in a dynamic spiral now that could have been triggered by this and, and we can see the promised land going further and further and further and yeah, it's we need to. I think that's why I'm asking for big changes, and not necessarily on on the coaching stuff. I think I did say I think Carl should maybe just stop calling plays uh, for for a game or two. Give it to Lafleur. No, the other one. We've got the other one. McDaniel's. Yeah, McDaniel's. That's it. Um, give him give him the play call. So like, get invested in your defense. Get invested in your team. Just get back into it. Bench people that underperforming or not performing to NFL standards. You know, it doesn't matter if, 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 oh, he's the best player and he's giving us the best chance to win. Well, guess what? The best chance we have to win at the moment is 17 points against Colt McCoy. That's not very good anyway. So just throw it all out of the window and just try something. See, see what happens. I think, I think you're absolutely right, but I don't think there's anyone in the organization who's, who's necessarily going to say that. I think that's, well, that's it's my John Lynch's first. job, isn't it? I think at this point, it's Jed York and yeah, John Lynch to go. Shanahan not, effectively uh, hired him as well. I think Jed York has yeah, had yeah, yeah. his fingers burnt by getting too involved and has, has said, yeah, maybe I should keep out of it. But but this yeah. is where you need somebody to, to come in and, and provide some direction. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy think, to call Kyle and, and tell him. if. Yeah, you know, but I think we, we know he's Kyle is, is set in his beliefs and and doesn't necessarily isn't going to necessarily sort of take that that on board um, himself. And I th- think some of the it's, the it's been this season. I, th- I think in the past, Shanahan's always impressed me when, particularly when he's talking to the press, because when you're talking to the press, you're actually speaking to the locker room, and and he's always been sort of quite good, I think, in his messaging. And then this off season, he had the whole. You know, we're only moving off Jimmy because of his, his injuries. And then he had that podcast where he, he was chatting with McVeigh and kind of was laughing and joking about kind of, oh, I was trawling I was the league for any quarterback that I could get to replace Jimmy. And then he turns around to Jimmy, goes, oh, you're still our guy. And then he says to the team, you know, we can win a Super Bowl with this guy, but we're only going to sign you on the sort of one year contract. Yeah, and it's, it's all been there's a lot of contradiction and confusion in the things that he said and the whole there's no well open quarterback battle. Um, but I'll pick the one who gives us the best chance of winning. And, and there's just seems to be he's lost a bit of, a, of the grip that he used to have on sort of information and perception uh, and understand that every word he says is going to filter through to the locker room and, and human beings are going to react uh, accordingly to what they've been told. Uh, and, it, and it seems that this season, maybe the roots of where we are now are, are, are right back in in March and, and a lot of things haven't been particularly handled well with the team building, potentially with the drafting. I mean, if these guys aren't good enough to, to even suit up, like second round, third round draft picks, then we've either whiffed badly on the picks or we've whiffed badly on preparing them for the NFL um, or we're whiffing badly on on the the actual game day selection and, and leaving these guys on the bench for no reason. Um, it's not those guys' fault. We, you know, we have, can't have an opinion on someone like Aaron Banks or, or Ambie Thomas. We haven't seen what they can do. But you, you can't go through through a season, have that many draft picks, the second and third round draft picks, and have them not contribute. The league is full of rookies who are all the way from sort of Jamar Chase to, to other guys who are who are contributing, or at least somewhere. And we've got a draft team that's missing, and we're 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 picking up the scraps from the street, and they're playing accordingly. That's why we need to send the message about Norman Gareth, because Kyle's given tough love to the rookies. He's given tough love to Ayuk, and for me, you send the message now. Let's face mm-hmm. it: like someone needs to get fired, is what the fan base is saying. And anyone tuning in tonight, unfortunately, you're not getting John Lynch isn't getting fired. Shanahan isn't getting fired. Jimmy's not getting benched. Um, Nadji's not going to sit here and sell you the dream that we're going to go, was it 12 and 6, rub into the playoffs? I know Nadji's not selling that dream at the moment. That might come in a couple of weeks, Nadji, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 really true. 
it's it's that mixed messaging of you've got to be tough on Ayuk, or maybe if Sermon's not working hard enough, he doesn't suit up in games. Whereas Jimmy can be as terrible as he wants and he still comes in the next game. Josh Norman's yeah. been terrible and he's still there in the next game. And maybe it's different on the defensive side because, I don't know, Shanahan's shrugging and saying, it's your job, Jamico. You pick, pick the guys you think are best. Because, I, I, you know, I've got my head in the playbook when you're on defence anyway. Who, we, we just don't know. There's there's a lot about that the organisational structure, I think, that we're just not clear. Who does what? Who's speaking to who? Who's got the power? Um, and, and who's actually going to analyse this season and, and fix it and make tough decisions? Um, and yes, sometimes some people get fired because a, a change is needed and, and they're, you know, the sacrificial lamb, unfortunately. But um, I mean, rash just, decisions never. Anything. Sorry, Gareth, a rash decision in the NFL is never going to get you anywhere. So no one's getting fired today. That's what we're saying. People tuning in. I get the frustration. Look at the group thread. Look at, look at the Facebook page. Everyone's feeling the same uh, way. I know Neil Graham's posted quite a bit in the group today. Um, I shared a message in the podcast group. Sean Stollard had said, I hope you lads are going to be realistic with your expectations for the pod. And I think Lee covered that at the start. I think we've tempered our expectations moving forward. Like you said, Nadji, it's why I lost to Colt McCoy Stings. You look around the NFC, everyone's struggling at the minute. And I'll be honest, I thought we were going to win that game hands down last night. As soon as I heard Kyler Murray was out, I sat yeah. down and I thought, here we go. You, you should beat backup quarterbacks in the league. That's what you Lee, should come do. On. Team should come do. On. Come on, Lee. Join in. You've been a bit quiet for a couple of minutes there, mate. Everyone's not... wanting to know. <laughs> it's past his bedtime. I, I would love to see I've gone home, but I'm still at home anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm going to bring up, so completely off topic, um, I'm going to bring up an interesting stat. So I've been on um, Next Gen Stats, NFL Next Gen Gen Stats, and um, one of the stats they give is average separation, receiver separation. Yeah. So outside of George Kittle, who's a tight end, um, Brandon Ayuk was our number one receiver in last night's game with the 89 yards. How many yards average? Sorry? He had more snaps than Debo. He did, yeah. How many how many yards average do you think he had separation? Oh, I don't know. Well, have a guess. He, he got yeah, he got eighty nine yards. How many yards of separation did he have on average when the ball was thrown to him? Less than a yard, I would imagine. Correct. It was actually zero yards. <laughs> Out of all of our receivers, he was the only one with zero yards of separation. Yet he came out with 89 yards. But that's Ayuk for you, though, isn't it? That's what I say. He, was dra- he wasn't drafted for his route running. He wasn't drafted for separation. He's got good hands. And look at what Nadji said. You've just reminded me there, Lee, that in the first drive, when it was going, I think Mitchell did the first run, then Kittle, first pass, and then Jimmy fizzed that ball to Ayuk. But all it needed was Jimmy to wait for one second, and Ayuk would have had it. And I thought, oh, but... To me, that was a positive last night, Lee. Ayuk did look good. Maybe he's out of the doghouse. What do yeah. you think, boys? Yeah, yeah, no, he did. He had a good game. He had a good yeah. game. It's just uh, it doesn't seem to matter, does it? So, <laughs> no, and you know, even on the on the two fumbles, yes, the guys left the the balls exposed. But there's a reason why they call them forced fumbles. Both those balls were punched out. They weren't just spilled, um, and. You know, we 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 do always talk about the Niners, but I think you, the Cardinals are a very good team. Um, they're well coached. They're they're hungry. Their uh, their defense gets after the ball. They create so many turnovers. Um, you know, we ha- we have to accept that we we came across a team that was a lot better than us in a, in a lot of measurables. I think even if we had played better, so um, that's what the NFL is about. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury's done a done a good job, and, and certainly that the Cardinals are quite a lot better than I expected them to be this year. So, um, but that that doesn't necessarily sort of break our uh, change our shortcomings. It's what the NFL is about. Everyone's trying to be that that team. Um, we'll, did, you we'll get, did you get them stats off Next Gen stats? Did you say, Lee? Sorry, yeah, you Next Gen more... on NFL.com. So what was it? Six receptions, did you say, he had Ayuk? I can't remember how many Liberation. receptions, um, but he had 89 yards in total with zero separation. 
And pass and touchdown. I did call a ball prediction. We'd get pass and touchdowns. Yeah. We, had, <laughs> we had two of them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even though even that catch was like the ball was shouldn't be where it is. It should. I mean. Oh come on, Nadji! Credit where credit's due. It's a touchdown. <laughs> it's, no, no, it's a, you know, but it's it's all on Josh Kittle, really. No, it should have been an easy. Is that is that everyone feeling better? Not really. No, not at all. Therapy <laughs> yeah. session. We we, we have it's, failed this week. More stuff uh, uh, people would like to add. Well, um, let's, we, let's no, finish we, on a positive note. I, I know we said it, but. We're only one game away from from the playoff spot. There, there is a chance still. I do believe it is possible, especially because you know, uh, Kyle's got Sean McVeigh's name. That we just torture Rams next week or this week, and 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 maybe that will spark something. It's it's still possible. It's still you know, it's only halfway through the through the season now. So we've had a horrible first half. Maybe we can have an outstanding second half and. It, we we have the talent. It's something just needs to happen somewhere. Um, somebody needs to start playing better, and, and and maybe the team will rise up and just make the playoffs. And then who knows? I think I think at this point right now, if we made the playoffs, uh, I think all of us would be quite happy. <laughs> I just want us to remain competitive. Yeah, yeah. yeah just better football would be games, nice. I'd be quite happy because uh, it's. It's sometimes looking at a bit of a struggle to see where more wins might come from. Yeah, true. Well, that's what I mean. It's not going to happen until we, we play better because we'll lose to the Texans if we keep playing like that. And possibly the Jags. <laughs> I'm only joking. And possibly the Jags. <laughs> Free nail. <laughs> yeah. So I don't that's know if anybody's cool. um, monitoring Twitter, but um, yeah. five minutes ago, the uh, the waiver wire closed on Odell Beckham Jr. and um, at why, the moment there's been no announcement of, of whether or not um, anybody's put in a waiver claim. I well, I've heard free agency because of his wages, isn't it? I think it, I think mm-hmm. if you take him now, you have to pay seven and a half million. Possibly, I might be wrong. No, so so there was something in the no. contract. There was some language in the contract that took it down to the bare minimum, which right. allowed him to um, basically. It's not what he wanted. So so he wanted to pick which, whichever team he went to. He didn't want to be claimed off the waiver wire. So it depends on whether or not this language was activated before they, put him, before they released him as to whether or not he's got a low wage hit. Yeah, so basically... The Browns basically had his salary guaranteed or something, so he's now on the minimum wage per game. Yeah. Clear the weathers, but if you if he had been picked up on the waivers, then they would have generated his contract and therefore the guaranteed money, you know, hence the seven and a half. But now, now the, I think the Browns are going to have to pay him regardless, and and it'll be a minimum. So I would have expected some sort of announcement by the NFL to say he's being claimed on waivers, because obviously they know this is happening. Although obviously anything could have happened up until six minutes ago. Um, so potentially there's something coming late, which is why they've delayed any announcement. But generally they turn around and say nobody's claimed them. Yeah, maybe uh, they're they're dealing with the Raiders problem on this. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> as as, as they release half the team. Po- <laughs> is a positive. We're not the Raiders. Yeah, they they got a winning record though. We're not Aaron Rodgers, so. Um, Right, we, get, we, uh, we wrap that up for this I was evening, just about to say yeah go on then uh, thank you for helping helping us all deal with the uh, floaters skid marks and various bad smells left by that game hopefully uh, the podcast will go some way to uh, flushing that into the memory um, and then be forgotten where it belongs uh, thanks to everyone who listens to the show don't uh, forget to like and subscribe on iTunes. You can uh, always leave us a comment there or wherever you get your podcasts. And we also have the 49er Faithful UK YouTube sh- uh, channel, which you can uh, search for and find. Um, not made a good uh, job of the end there. Lee's probably uh, tearing his hair out uh, as he's listening to my amateur uh, not at all. show. <laughs> and let's face it, I don't have any hair to tear out now. 
Oh, there we are there. So uh, we'll be back later in the week with uh, a Rams preview. Um, hopefully we'll all have uh, forgotten Sunday's game and we'll all be uh, talking about 50 burgers and shutouts. Um, but don't count on it. So until then, stay safe and go Niners. Go Niners. Niners. Francisco 49 is deep in the heart, like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark, Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99, don't get it twisted, one it all with prime time, John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline, NDB, greatest on the up all time, Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick, we're all students of Bill Walsh, don't ever forget.